Hey, welcome to the Endpoint Zone. This is episode 1703, our March episode, which means that it's been about a month since you were able to hear the latest in enterprise mobility management from Microsoft. I'm joined, as always, by Brad Anderson, who leads up our enterprise mobility efforts at Microsoft. Brad, welcome to the channel and studios again. Awesome, I just love this. This, yeah. is, this is like one of the most fun things we do all month. It is a great show, isn't it? It does yeah. give us the opportunity to really get out there and give you all of the information directly as it comes out of our engineering leadership. So, Brad, it's been uh, a busy month again. It has. Um, what kinds of things have we been seeing happening in uh, our customers' lives? Yeah, so a couple of data points I thought we'd be interesting to talk about. Uh, one, I actually published l late last week a blog um, that kind of went over some of the research that, you know, that one of these analyst organizations that I talk with pretty frequently that I really have a lot of respect for named CCS Insights, mm -hmm. and you know, a gentleman named Nick out of the UK. But I thought it was super fascinating, some of the insights that they got in a survey that they just completed, 400 um, enterprise mobility decision makers in the United States and in Europe. Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of talk about a couple of the main points and then uh, show some of the telemetry that we get back to the services that actually supports the, the research that they did. Okay. So first of all, they, they did some research on Windows 10, and 86% of the people that responded said, that, hey, we're going to be deploying Windows 10 in the next three to 40 years, which, you know, we know that, yeah, right? that's what we're hearing. Exactly. Uh, this was interesting. 47% said that they're going to upgrade in the next 12 months. 83% uh, said that they plan to merge their PC and their enterprise mobility strategies and teams, which we've always believed that would happen. Yeah, that's okay? the whole ability to be able to manage everything from one place. That's right, and you know, and everybody talks about unified, end, unified endpoint management, but you're going to see in the data that you know how it actually is playing out in the industry. There's a lot of talk, and then there's a lot of of usage in pockets and no usage in other pockets, right? Absolutely. And then finally, 44% um, of the enterprises said that they plan to do this convergence of PC management and enterprise mobility management in the next 12 months. So, I mean, half are going to do it. It's eminent. Yeah. That actually is one of the most interesting things whenever I get a chance to talk with customers. It's fascinating to watch the titles and as they describe what their roles are. And not only do we see this convergence of PC and enterprise mobility management, we also see the convergence of that team with the, um, with the communication or the uh, email team. Yeah. And so it's real common that I see this modern workplace team, and it's a combination of endpoint management enablement and collaboration, which you know, kind of is like Office 365 and EMS coming together, huh? Yeah, Think it's, about it's that, right? like we predicted what That's was right. happen in the market. So here's some interesting data. So first of all, uh, and, and this is published in that blog, uh, if anybody wants to get access to it. So first of all, of the tens of millions of Windows 10 devices that we see in the enterprise that you know, comes back to telemetry through Windows and then through my team, over 99% of them are using either Config Manager or Intune to manage the Windows 10 deployments. So there's just 1% of PCs. It's actually even less than 1%. Wow. That's, okay. that's stunning. When you think about that, our, our ability to connect with those customers is amazing. Yeah, and the other piece about that is, um, you know, we talk about unified, unified endpoint management. Our competitors talk about uh, unified endpoint management. You know, the reality is nobody's using AirWatch or Mobile Iron to, to manage uh, yeah. Windows 10. I mean, the pockets, sure but tiny, less than 1%. Yeah, nowhere okay. near the, the amount of folks that are yeah. actually using Config Man to be able to do the same thing. You know, so as people are merging these endpoint management teams, you know, the Config Manager team or the PC management team and the mobile device management team, that's all being standardized on Microsoft technology and the, the data bears it out. Yeah. Okay. Second thing I thought was interesting, um, Office 365, one of the things I like to go take a look at is there are 85 million monthly active users of Office 365 mm -hmm. and I like to go take a look to see if if there's a different uh, identity uh, IDP, identity solution being used to federate with AADP. Yeah. And so over 95% of the 85 million monthly active users of Office 365 just use the standard you know, uh, AAD and AADP to manage it. 
it's fascinating. I went and actually did a sur I went and did a, a query on, on the data. I wanted to see of the other enterprise mobility management players, like how many how often does their IDP get used? Mm -hmm. You know, because as we all talk about this convergence of management and identity, it requires your identity solution to be in place to get the, the single sign-on and the conditional access. So what's interesting, I actually went and put all the EMM competitors in there and, and then sorted it. Um, the first EMM competitor that appears in that list of IDPs being used is number 18. Wow. Okay. okay. And they are used on, let me get the number right, two one-hundredths of one percent of the 85 million. Wow. That's really funny. And so the meta point here is, you know, organizations often ask me, hey, what's most commonly being used in the market? What's the standards? It's just using EMS and Office 365 together. If you're using another EMM solution to manage your Windows 10 devices, if you're using somebody else's IDP other than Microsoft, you are in a very, very small minority. And my advice to you is just get on the Microsoft technologies. It's going to be more stable. It's going to be more reliable. It's going to be more integrated. It's going to be less fragile because as we're integrating all these pieces, we test it end to end. That's interesting. In fact, what we've done in the last month is we've taken two of our largest customers from around the world, completely replicated their environments inside of Microsoft. And now all the EMS teams and all the Office 365 teams are checking in and validating against those two real-world scenarios internally mm -hmm. as we're building the integrated scenarios. That's, I think just to replay the, the numbers there around the, the other IDPs that are being used, one of the ways that I kind of think about that is how many of the authentications that are occurring yeah. are actually going through other IDPs yep. versus ours. And if you actually just do a little bit of math on that, you kind of realize very quickly that in the course of a year, we do billions of authentications. It's probably the case that it takes us a handful of minutes out of a year to be able to do all of the authentications that the other vendors are doing in a year. In the entirety of yeah. the year. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've built these things to be used together, we validate them end to end. This is your best solution. Yeah. Period. Okay. A couple other data points here. You know, uh, I'll show you here in a couple of slides, but um, as we take a look, you know, for the first one of, really for the first time, I think we, uh, actually called out what the EMS growth was for our last quarter. It was 135%. Mm -hmm. You compare that to what the other EMM vendors you know, announced, and our closest competitor, we grew 400 times faster than they did in the last 90 days. Mind-blowing. It is. You know, and so you know, the world is looking for these more comprehensive solutions, and we have it. You know, we've built the right thing. And then we also announced we have more than 41,000 customers, which is more than 2x the, you know, the size of our next largest competitor. So the world is moving. The world is, is standardizing on the Microsoft technologies in this space. Yeah. Another view of this research from uh, CCS Insights. They asked these, these, uh, these 400 uh, respondents, so what are the most common apps that your users use? Mm -hmm. okay, so, and then, and then they, they categorize them on regular, occasional, and rare. So just take a look at this and just kind of see the first thing that pops into your mind. First thing that popped into mind as I looked at this was, they're all cloud apps. Yeah, they're all services. I mean, it really is a mobile, yeah. a mobile first, cloud first world. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. So then the second thing that my mind went to immediately was, okay, so if these are the most commonly used apps, what EMM solution has got the best solution for managing all those apps? Mm -hmm. And so one way to think about that is look at that regular and occasional uh, and, and ask yourself, of these apps, how many of them have, for example, the mobile application management of any EMM integrated into it? Mm -hmm. And if you go do that math and take a look at that, our MAM from EMS and Intune is in about half of those apps. Yeah. And if I take a look at our competitors, maybe one or two on that list have integrated somebody else's MAM. Yep. And so again, I think the data says, listen, it's a mobile-first, cloud-first world. The most regularly used apps are cloud apps. And we have a deeper relationship, a deeper integration with more of those apps than anybody else in the industry. And if I look at the, the list of the ISVs that are actually on there, a lot of those folks 
I'm not going to name the names, but they're actually coming to us on a pretty regular basis. That's right. That's right. You know, it, it, it's, been, it's been wonderful to see just how, um, you know, much energy there is by these ISVs that says, listen, we want to deeply integrate what you're doing with identity and management and security. Yeah. A couple maybe to point out here, you know, Citrix has a bunch of their pieces in, uh, in preview right now, and all their apps will be released fully enabled with our MAM. Obviously, all the Office apps are. Um, Box is, SAP is. Uh, remote desktop is, obviously that's my team, um, but we have the largest uh, ecosystem here. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, you know, customers get a better scenario. Yeah. And they get that, they, they're able to balance that, what IT wants and what the users need. Yeah, okay? absolutely. A couple other data points here then. If you actually want to see the blog that we wrote on this, you know, you can go to um, aka.ms slash inside EMM. It's really, is, it, I, I really love the research from CCS Insights and I think um, showing, sharing some of our telemetry also helps kind of under help help present what is actually happening in the market, not rhetoric, but what actually is happening. Yeah, uh, let's take a look at some of that. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Config Manager just a runaway success for us, a runaway in terms of the the rate at which customers are embracing it. So this is actually a chart. I actually did this one on Monday. It wasn't this morning's chart, but you can see here. You know, we're coming up towards seventy million users uh, or seventy million devices being managed. Every week, 1.4, 1.5 million devices. Just look at the consistency of the slope of that line. You know, this right here is the Christmas break, obviously, as, as people took a couple of weeks off. Um, but we continue to see this incredible rate of upgrading. And I think to me, I, I think I've, I've, I've talked about this before, but what I, to, what I find the most interesting is the slope at which customers are upgrading to the new releases. And so this is 1511, 1602, 1606, 1610. And the rate at which customers are upgrading yeah. is accelerating. Which, what that means is people have confidence mm -hmm. in what we have built and they have confidence in letting these updates flow through. And they're getting even more confidence as they're more and more inside of the program. Yeah. yeah. You know, I actually was reading some email this morning from the team where we, we've had, you know, a number of customers um, outside of Microsoft IT actually upgraded to 1702, which is eminent to come out, and uh, that looks really good as well. You know, one of our largest customers upgraded from 16, 1610 to 1702, four and a half hours through the complete upgrade. Wow, that's wow. Totally, totally awesome. I thought a couple of interesting data points that would be, uh, uh, people would be interested in. How are people using Config Manager and Intune together? Yeah. So let me show you some of the telemetry. So this right here is a customer that had been managing about 21,000 devices on Config Manager mm -hmm. PCs for a long, long time. Yeah. They went and turned on the Exchange Connector, and then that, that gave them a view of all of the mobile devices that had been attaching to Exchange. And in this case, it was about 8,800. Mm -hmm. They added an Intune subscription. You can see here the green line is they're starting to add mobile devices now that are being managed by uh, Intune, and this is in a hybrid model. Yeah. And you can see they're doing their proof of concepts, their trials. Right here, they turn on conditional access to email, which means the device has to be managed in, in order to get access. access to email. And just look at that slope, how fast that grows up. Wow. That's, that is truly stunning when you yeah. see those kind of that's not just a hockey stick, that's almost a, a sheer cliff. And it was in about 30 days they had managed, you know, brought into management over 93% of all the mobile devices that had been ac accessing Exchange before. Such a wonderful example. So is this unique to this customer or do we it's see not. this repeated? We see it over and over and over again. I'll give you another example, maybe a smaller company that had a little bit different profile. So this is a small organization that had, was managing about you know, 1,500 devices, PCs through Config Manager. Same thing, they added the Intune subscription, they upgraded to the current branch, they turned on conditional access for email, and look at that cliff. I mean, they went from, they, they added on you know, over 9,000 mobile devices in less than a month managing that combination, that unified, unified management between Windows, iOS, Android, and they're doing it. This is how the world is doing it. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of things at play here. One is that they are doing everything unified, but they're also learning how to control devices that they never previously had control That's right. over. That's and right. 
conditional access is the is the motivator yeah. to really get these devices enrolled. It, it really has been amazing to watch, and this is the kind of things that we that we, they're able to kind of learn at. If we see somebody's trying to do something and, and they have a hiccup, we can actually go take a look at the telemetry to see if there's something that we need to go fix. So there's all kinds of benefits of it. Uh, one other thing to call out. So this actually happened overnight. Uh, when I got in this morning, I was looking at you know kind of the updates we get. Like my favorite time of the day is I come and I start looking through what's happened in the last 24 hours. Yeah. We actually have a new largest customer on Config Manager current branch. Wow. Okay. So overnight, we had an organization upgrade to, uh, to 1610 that has 460,000 devices, 500,000 unique uh, users in AD that are using those devices, 23,000 security groups. Interesting data points here 50 uh, 50 split on using MSI versus scripts to deploy their applications, and they've got thousands of applications. They have just shy of 1,700 administrative console installs. Wow. So very large, very distributed that's organization. A, that's a lot of admins. I love this one. 99.93 client health. 302 mm -hmm. devices were, were un, had, had unhealthy clients. We know exactly what those are, some WMI issues. That's awesome. Three nines. Yeah. Um, they have 100 OS uh, deployment task sequences, and they have over 111,000 drivers in their driver library. Wow. That's a really mature organization, and a very large. Yeah. It's a, and the thing that amazes me about this is that this is coming from our live overnight telemetry. Yeah. I don't think anybody else in the, in the world could be able to do that with their solution. So you know, and, and, and we've talked about this, but the work that the Config Manager team did to sassify or cloudify Config mm -hmm. Manager, so now we deliver updates to it monthly, is unbelievable. And that's what's enabled to innovate this, at this rate so organizations, our customers are getting uh, innovation and new value faster. The confidence level of upgrading from one build to the next build to the next build is increasing. Mm -hmm. Um, it has been, in my opinion, I, I don't know that the Config Manager team could have done any better on what they've done, and customers tell us that. And this is why organizations are using this combination of Config Manager and Intune to manage all their devices. Yeah, it's a deeply loved product. Mm -hmm. it's completely yeah, that's, that's well said. Yeah. This is a very, very strong community. So really, for all, the, you know, all of you who are our Config Manager customers and been with us for decades, you know, thank you. It's, it's been remarkable to see this, this upgrade pattern. Yeah, it absolutely is. Should okay, enough data. Some of the new things that yeah. we've done. The data is awesome. We love the data points. There's a, a lot of great information in there. But let's take a look at some of the, the new things that, uh, that the team have been working on. This is yeah. the refresh of the um, Intune portal inside of the Azure portal. Yeah, this is the, uh, the integrated unified EMS console. Mm -hmm. um, again, this is in public preview right now. Uh, actually, in January, we, um, anybody who's been provisioned since middle January has automatically been provisioned with this enabled. There's about 8,000 in-production customers right now who are using this in-production. Over 15,000 trial tenants have been provisioned. And so, you know, the, the organizations that are still waiting for us to, to upgrade them to, in order to be able to use this on the back end. But 15,000 is huge. I mean, that's a, it's that's huge. a large amount of trial. Yeah, in this a is very like short six weeks. Time. Yeah. It's like six or seven weeks. And so, you know, between new tenants that are provisioned and trial, you know, it's about 23,000 unique organizations. So the interest is incredible, yeah, right? Yeah, so I just wanted to show some of the new pieces. We showed a little bit of this in the last endpoint zone, but I want to show some of the new pieces that uh, I think people are going to be really, really interested in. So let me get my glasses on since I'm getting old here. All right, so the first thing, kind of give you a view here. I'm going to go take a look at devices. And in here, you're going to see all the things that you would expect in a modern console. You're going to see, you know, charts to help you understand what your device, um, you know, what, what, what the device breakout looks like. Mm -hmm. You can click on that. It'll show you every one of the devices. Is it compliant? Is it not compliant? You can actually go take a look and, and see why things are not compliant. Interesting thing about this is every one of these can be pinned. And so you can take these, you can pin them to the dashboard. It's just that quickly. And then you're able to build what is your custom dashboard for your organization. You, you can know, 
also take an export of that information as well. I uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so here I've got this dashboard that has a combination of device configuration, some, some charts coming in from identity. And you're going to see as we go through some of these demonstrations here this morning just how integrated we, we believe identity and management are. I mean, they, they, they really are yeah. one of the same. All right, so let me walk you through a concept here. What we see organizations wanting to do is be able to express in policy the risks or that they're, that they're willing to tolerate or the conditions that they will require before a user can access apps and data. And there's multiple vectors coming in that organizations want to define risk on. It starts with identity. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you want to be able to understand is there a risk associated with my identities? And if there is, what is the risk? And is the risk high enough that I need to block access? Or should I you know, ask the user to do something else to verify that it is the user and not an attacker? Like a multi-factor rule. Exactly. Yeah. So identity, I think, is the most important piece. Organizations also want to be able to identify risk based on the device. Mm -hmm. Is it configured properly? Is it updated? What apps are on there that might be bringing in malware? And so you've got a whole bunch of risks that come in from the, mm -hmm. the device. Yep. They want to define risk based upon the app that's being used to access um, the service or the, or the app. And so, for example, they may put different policies when you're using the native Office apps as opposed to when you're using the web apps. Yep. Okay? And then finally, you want to put risk based upon where the user is when they're working. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to show you here is this integrated experience that we've built that allows us to define risk or requirements based upon identity, device, app, location. And then in real time, we'll take a look at the risk of, the, of those app, of those characteristics, those devices, if you will, and either block or allow access to over 3,000 cloud apps as well as to all your on-premise apps. Wow. Okay. There's, there's nothing like this in the industry. So let me just kind of start here and, and kind of build it for everyone so they can understand what, it, understand what it is that we're doing. So I'm going to come in here and I'm going to start looking at some of our identity risks. So one of the things that we have done now is we look at all of the telemetry that comes in for any app that is using Azure Active Directory for authentication or being managed by Azure Active Directory. And every authentication pulls back telemetry to us. Yeah. Okay? And so we're able to see these things that maybe, maybe look suspicious. And then what we do is every identity now in the directory, okay, in the, in the intelligence security graph, has a risk score associated with it. Okay? So take a look here. You can do things like, um, if we see that you're working on an infected device, yep. okay, we will automatically classify that, that, uh, that identity. Let me actually step back on that. If we see the user was working on a device that is infected, we will automatically classify the user as, um, as, as low risk mm -hmm. because you know, the user may have been compromised because of the malware. Yep. If we see, for example, the user is working in an unfamiliar location. Hey, Brad usually works in Redmond, but Brad is trying to authenticate from Shanghai. It could be that I'm on, on business or vacation there, and it could be that it's a compromised identity. Yeah. We'll automatically classify the user as a medium risk. The impossible travel location is Brad logged in in, in Redmond or in Seattle, and then an hour later logged in in London. Well, yep. it's impossible, so we, we want to we look at what's going on there, so that's a medium risk. If the user is logging in from a, a device that has some of those strange patterns like it's trying to hide its IP address from us. Well, normal users don't do that. Yeah. So we all, you know, that's also a medium risk. The only thing that we really classify as high risk is when we see that the user credentials are up for sale. Okay. And what we do is we go out and every day we're constantly scanning all the places where identities are put up for sale. And if you are an EMS customer, we automatically put all your domain names into all of our scans. And if we see that you've got user identities that are compromised, we automatically classify that as high, right? Because it's up for sale. It's been compromised. So these are the risks, and then what we do is we're able to translate that and show you here are the users that you should be concerned about, and we'll actually give you a view of all the user accounts, what risks they are, and why they're risky. And so I could go drill into any one of these user accounts and it would tell me exactly 
what the reason is. So for example, if I go here and click on one of them, it'll, it'll actually come up and show us here that, you know, this user is risking, here are, the, uh, here are the things that have happened, why we think that that user is at risk. Yep. Okay, and I hear it's fascinating. Their user credentials went up for sale on March 9th. Given that that's Chris Green, that's actually uh, <laughs> slightly worrying in this case. Yeah, Chris is one of our program managers, okay. Um, so let me come back and just, just show you some more pieces on this. I'm going to come back into the directory. I also saw Brad Anderson on that list, which maybe I'll kind of tell you a funny story about that. So you take a look here. Brad has had 57 risk events. That was actually all the trials when we were getting ready for a keynote, uh, and we were doing all the MFA um, yeah. authentications. Anyways, that's a funny story. Now here is what I think is incredible, and this is what I think is just going to really revolutionize how organizations manage access to their, to, their, to their resources. And this is a unified conditional access across identity, device, app, and location. And so let me just go through and just kind of walk through this. And so what I've done here is I've created a, um, a policy that says, hey, uh, Outlook is required to get access to Exchange. Mm -hmm. And let me walk you through what I've done here. So first of all, I've gone and, and in this case, I'm going to apply this to all users. I could have selective you know, groups or users. And what I think most organizations will do is they'll have a default policy they'll apply to everybody, mm -hmm. but then for their high target, high value uh, individuals, they'll have a more stringent policy. Yeah. Uh, you go and you can select your, your apps. Okay? So in this case right here, I've selected Office 365 Exchange Online, but I could go and I could select other apps. And again, you know, we, we, we've done the integration work with uh, 3,000 cloud apps. We can also take all your on-prem apps. You know, this is actually one of the pieces that people don't really know about EMS. Mm -hmm. We can take all your on-prem apps and expose them as if they were cloud apps, and then we can manage all these through the same conditional access. Yeah, and that's super simple. You just have to deploy Azure AD application proxy on-prem. It's, it's super easy. Really easy. Yep, exactly. Okay, so I, collect, I select the app. This case is Exchange Online, and, and here is what I think is incredible. Here is where I can now go out, and I'm just going to blow that up a little bit, and I can go and now define risk policies based upon identity, device, app, and location. Mm -hmm. And in real time, we will do the analysis. It takes us you know, a couple hundred milliseconds, and either grant or block access based upon this criteria. So first of all, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to go build a policy, and if Microsoft says that this identity is either high or medium risk, what you'll see here in a minute, I automatically want to challenge the user with a multi-factor authentication. Yep. Okay? This maybe is the most important thing that organizations need to do. If your users have been compromised, that is how all the breaches happen that we talk about in the industry. Yeah. Right? And so this is the most important thing to get right. If we see something that tells us the user account may have been compromised, you want to verify the users who they say they are. MFA is the best way to do it. Absolutely. All right. You can then go and def define what platforms you're going to allow to access. And so you know, I could go and you can add another platform here. You know, but basically, you can define the platforms. And then what this keys off of is your MDM policy. Mm -hmm. In order for this to be affirmative and pass, these devices have got to comply with your MDM policy. And so not only is this what Microsoft brings in, but all the mobile threat vendors like mm -hmm. Lookout and SkyCure are all integrating with as well. And they're, 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 they're sending us now their vectors about the risk that they see. So that MDM policy is super, super strong. Yeah. Okay. All right. The next thing you, you can do here, I'm going to go, go click that screen there, is you can go take a look at uh, the apps that you, the, and how you want to define different apps. So right here, I can put a different policy in if I'm a browser-based app or I'm, a, or I'm a, a native app. And one of the things I love about that is that that actually gives you control over whether or not people can use um, at the Outlook web app to be able to access external. Yeah. You know, once organizations start to move to Office 365, they now have to... They have to be aware of the fact that their users can use these incredible web apps. Yeah. Right? And so they want their users to be able to enable these, these, these incredible web apps. 
but they want to put different policies when they're using them because they may be using that web app on a, key, on a kiosk mm-hmm. as opposed to on a trusted device. Completely. There's a whole bunch of work we're doing in this space, you know, that I'm actually gonna, gonna be showing more people in a couple of hours here. Um, in 30 days from now or 60 days from now, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff we're gonna be able to show on, on Endpoint Zone about what we're doing in this specific area. Yeah. And then this is also, here you'll see in the next couple of weeks, you'll pop up the, the place where it says, you know, require Outlook uh, to access Exchange. So you can get very, very specific on this. Yeah. And then you can go in and define what are trusted locations, what are untrusted locations. This is unique. There is nobody else in the industry that can do policy based upon risk coming from the identity, the device, the app, and the physical location. And we can do this because, you know, we've believed, we've talked for years now about identity and management converging. Mm-hmm. And we get all the telemetry coming in on both that allows us to actually make these decisions. Yeah, it's completely unique. Okay, so we were able to define those conditions. Now we can go out and define the controls. And so in this case, you know, it starts with, well, you know, we're going to block access, but, you know, but our job is not to block access. Mm-hmm. Our job is to enable users to access their, what they need, but we want to make sure that they're doing it in a way that is trusted and secure. Yeah. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go say, I'm going to allow access, but because this is a policy with identities that have medium or high risk, I'm going to require that the user pass a multi-factor authentication, and then I also, them to be, I also want them to be um, compliant with my MDM policies. Mm-hmm. Just like that, That's I've it. now created a policy. Anybody coming to access Exchange Online would have to meet um, successfully all these criteria or we would guide the user to bring the identity under, under management or uh, under uh, the right levels of risk, the device, et cetera, et cetera. There's nothing like this. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's show you what it looks like on the end user. Yeah. That'd be cool. Okay. So that's the administrative portal. And remember what our intent here is, is we're trying to create a working experience for users that they love and IT trusts. Yeah. Okay. So loved by users, trusted that's by IT. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go walk you through a couple of things here. So first of all, you know, we've shown MFA, and so what would happen if the user account had been flagged with a high risk? You know, I'd get an MFA challenge. I think we showed that actually in the last, in the yeah. last endpoint zone. Yeah, we showed that a bunch. Okay, so one of the things we're able to do now is put a policy in place that says, hey, Outlook is required to access corporate email. This is actually one of the most common requests we're hearing from organizations right now, especially if somebody is coming off of a solution that already does this. Yeah. So let me show you how that looks. If I go into Outlook, and here I've actually gone and added my corporate email address into the... Uh, I say, let me, let, me, let me go back. Uh, you're you're going to have to just edit that portion there. Let's show you how this, how this MAM conditional access policy works. So I'm going to go into the, the inbox email app here on, um, on iOS. Now, when I added my corporate email account, the conditional access policy said, hey, Outlook's required. Yeah. So we put one email into the user's inbox and it says, hey, your organization Outlook. requires Outlook. Click here and we walk you through the process. And so, and then, you know, you go and you add it in Outlook. We walk the user through that process. You can put a pin on the app. In this case, I'm using my thumbprint. And just like that, you know, all your corporate email is flowing through Outlook. It's all separated from your personal email. You can do a selective wipe. All the corporate uh, email, all the corporate data will be wiped if you need to, but leave the personal things there. Again, this separation of user and, and, and personal, because we're trying to protect the company data, but we're also trying to protect the user's privacy. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now let's go show what the MAM conditional pol- or the MDM policy looks like. So I'm going to go into Skype for Business. With Skype for Business, I'm going to log in as a different user account. And as I log in here as Brad A, Brad A has a policy that says he has to be working on a managed and compliant device in order to access Skype for Business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's walk you through what the process looks like. So I'm going to go ahead and sign in here. And of course, you know, it's going to, um, it's going to walk me through the process, but what happens is, is awesome because Office 365 is having this conversation with Intune and AADP in the back end. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, Skype for Business asked Intune and said, hey, 
Brad's trying to access Skype for business on you know, this iPad, should I allow it or not? Intune comes back and says, well, the policy says that he has to be working on a managed and compliant device. That's not a managed device. Let's go help him get it enrolled. And so just like here, it says, hey, you may need to you know, uh, 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 increase your security a little bit. And if you click on enroll, it would walk the user through the process of bringing the device under management. So those big kind of like you know, cliffs that we yep. saw with that, with that telemetry, when you turn on conditional access to Exchange, OneDrive for Business, Skype for Business, then users have to bring the devices under management and you just see rapidly organizations move up to 100% of their devices being managed and compliant. Yeah. But it's a great user experience. It is. Yeah, it is wonderful. That's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Yeah. Just, uh, there's some other things that we turned on as well recently. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So we'll, we'll spin over to, uh, to my machine for a second and uh, I'll... We're going to do this high-tech switch yeah, here. we'll do the high-tech switch and uh, we'll just show one of these things, because now that we've moved uh, into um, the Azure portal, we actually get to take advantage of the Graph API, mm -hmm. which uh, allows us to have a single API across Office 365 and the whole of EMS. Yeah, and we talked about this last month, but the way that we're building all of our services right now is all the services are being built on top of what we call Microsoft Graph. And the way you should think about Microsoft Graph, it's the new Microsoft API. All of our services that are being built, especially those that are targeted users and devices, are being built on top of Graph, which now gives you a command line to access everything. Everything. Yeah. And I think you're going to show us something pretty cool here. Yeah. So this is um, this is Power BI. This is the Power BI desktop app, and I'm just going to create a dashboard, which is going to let me provide this maybe to um, to my management inside the organization around what's happening on a daily basis with our devices. And if people don't know what Power BI, this is our data visualization application. Mm -hmm. I live in this app. You know, as we, we talk about data, we talk about telemetry. This is what we, we look at all of our telemetry at. Yeah. So I've just taken literally the, the Graph API um, URL and added that into an OData feed. Click OK. I've already authenticated to it. You can see I've already built a couple of graphs. It's immediately gone off to my tenant, pulled back information about the managed devices inside of this tenant. So it's putting me through things like, are the devices compliant? What are the OS versions? All of that rich telemetry that I'm seeing. I'll hit load. That's going to load in the, the query for me. And uh, let's just let that finish loading up as query three. Yeah, and the, the desire, the intent of Power BI is to really democratize the use of data. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always been that you had to have these data specialists go build dashboards and different things. And, and that really didn't allow business owners or, you know, the business people to really wallow in the data and learn from it. Yeah. So Power BI is about making it easy for you know, just a, a normal user to be able to create their own views and to create their own ability to wallow in the data that they need to make decisions on. Oh, completely. And this is one of the, the most kind of wonderful things about it. I've just clicked the, the button here to add in a pie chart. So then I'm going to go down and grab some information from Query 3. And what I'm going to do is go and grab uh, the jailbroken data. I'm going to add that into my details. And you'll see that the little chart on the left-hand side here changes a little. Then I'm going to add that into my values. And then you're going to see I have a list of devices here. And some of those devices are now showing me whether or not they're jailbroken. 50% saying that they're jailbroken. 50% we don't know about the, the jailbreak status. Let's go add another chart in here. I'm going to just go grab um, operating system. So we'll bring operating system into details. We'll bring operating system into values. And then I get an instant chart, which is showing me exactly what the split is of operating systems inside of my tenant. And this is active, this is the live data that's from the Graph API. I can also pull in information about check-in times, about application publishers, but because it's against the Graph API, I can actually go and get identity information as well. 
show the last login times for all of my users, all yeah. on one console. Yeah, Amazing. and you can say the last. You can show the last login time of all your users on a device that was jailbroken. Absolutely. You know, yeah. one of the cool things I love about this is. You know, we, we, for years we've gotten feedback from customers like, we would love to have this particular chart or this particular way of looking at the data. We just all oh, it's available. You can go build yeah. your own. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, you, you can build these charts. These then become URLs. You can send those off. You can build these dashboards. You know, I go into Power BI every morning and there's probably 50 dashboards that I use on a weekly basis. Everything from the telemetry from the service to budget. Uh, and, and I can go in here and if I have questions, I can just drill down through these different charts and it just makes it, I am so much more productive. I am so much more efficient. I can make better decisions because the data is here. And it's just so easy. Yeah. And if you're using a different BI engine other than Power BI inside your organization, say Splunk, yeah. you can do the same thing. Yeah. Because that if command line is available to, yeah, to anything, everything. Literally anything. So um, it's an amazing set of uh, functionality that you can just go experiment with right now. Yeah. Awesome. Super simple. I think you also wanted to show something on the iPad here. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just uh, grab your iPad for a second? One of the requests that we've had for a long, long time from customers has been, how can I make it, you're going to need to uh, fingerprint that one, um, how can I make it so that my uh, users that are using mobile application management without enrollment um, actually have simple access to find out what apps are available to them? Well, we just turned this on. This is um, the company portal website, and now you can go into the interface that we just showed you inside of Azure and select that an application is going to be um, published and available for users without enrollment. Now all they have to do is type in their URL into their browser, portal.manage.microsoft.com. They sign in and they get a list of all of the apps that are available for them without enrollment per device. Really cool. In this case, you can see that I've added in Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Obviously change the, uh, the icons on those. Um, we can add the categories. And it's device specific. So if they do the same thing from an, from an iPad or they do the same thing from an Android device, they get different, different sets of apps. You know, you brought that up. It actually is one other thing I wanted to show. Mm. I almost forgot yeah. this. So let me go back over to my PC and show you something here. Um, we just released last week a new set of capabilities where we've taken some of the EMS capabilities and integrated them into OneDrive for Business. Awesome. Okay. okay. So you're looking at here the Office 365 Administrative Console, and this is now specifically looking at some of the things that I can do from a OneDrive for Business perspective. Let me call your attention to this right here. These are the Intune MAM controls now exposed through the OneDrive for Business Administrative Console. Oh, cool. Okay. So what that means is, you know, if you've got a OneDrive for Business Administrator who wants to be able to put all those data loss prevention controls in place, mm -hmm. they can actually do it from the Intune EMS console. They can also do it from the OneDrive for Business console. And behind the scenes, this is just making calls to the Graph API. Just making so Graph API calls. Once you do it in one, you're going to be able to see that reflected yeah. in the other. Yeah. You know, uh, interesting data point here. This has been enabled now for about six weeks. Um, the uptake, the growth that we have seen in terms of MAM without device enrollment users that have been enabled, this has driven a huge number. Yeah. 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 I think that the folks that actually manage that data inside of, uh, inside of A365, they really need some of these controls to be able to... And I think the meta point for, you know, for customers to kind of understand is we heard from so many organizations, you know, hey, we want our OneDrive for um, uh, business administrators to also be able to control the, the, the data loss prevention policies. So we, just, we surfaced it up in the administrative console. And so we're listening, we're trying to make sure we're doing what it is that organizations are asking us to do. And our architecture enables that, you know, the fact that we're services enables us to really quickly react, that monthly cadence, and the fact that everything is accessible now via command line and Office 365 and EMS are built upon the same graph API. It just makes all this so easy for us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So that's, uh, that's about all we have time for on uh, this episode of the Endpoint Zone. We got through a lot of demos there. We oh were pretty word. excited about, yeah. uh, about some of those. 
we do uh, love being able to show you guys some of the new stuff as it comes out. Um, just before we do, Brad, you've got some, this was a kind of a dry run for yeah. you for a little bit later on, wasn't it? So everything you've just seen is basically what you're going to go and show Satya a little yeah. bit later on. Yeah, actually 30 minutes from now. Yeah. I've got a couple of hours with Sati and all of his direct reports. We're going to walk him through our progress on enterprise mobility and security. And uh, yeah, um, we're going to show a lot of the same data here. Yeah, that kind of shows you how close we're bringing you to the line of what we're actually um, showing and experiencing to folks inside of, uh, inside of the company itself, which kind of shows you how close we are to our customers at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um, also, uh, you've just gone through a um, pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty big kind of milestone in your life last week. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those, uh, I turned 50, and uh, man, 50 sounds old. But you know, 50 is the new 30, right? I think so. You yeah, know? I think that's the that's the uh, the approach you've got to go to with. Yeah. I don't think you're on the the, the back nine. Uh, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm still struggling. You know, said. one of my daughters asked me, so what does it feel like to have you know well more than half of your life live? I'm like, oh no, come on, you're, you're killing me. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's never good. But yeah, yeah no, it's uh, it's what's going to happen to everyone. But so I'll tell you, I am. I am ha thank you. Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm having more fun right now or working on than anything I've ever done in my career. It is just legitimately fun. Yeah. We, we, we are having a, a great experience in this team. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty amazing. Thank you guys for watching the show. Uh, join us next month for more updates on everything that's happening inside of Enterprise Mobility Management from Microsoft. You can, of course, always watch the show on Channel 9. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and in the Google Play Store as well. We will see you next time.